0: 127 left, wait, my, three, four left. Three, four left. Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard
1: unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with Steve and I here on the Retirement Pilot as we talk investing finance and retirement. And we got some red flags to talk about this week on the podcast, uh, spotting some red flags. So depending on your answers, folks, these things might raise a red flag. So I'll toss the question out. You guys play along and listen and I'll let Steve tell us if it could be a red flag and why or maybe not. Either way, we'll dive into that for this week's episode on the show. Steve, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well, Mark. How are you? Doing pretty good, hanging out. You and I were just chatting briefly before we got started. We are into September. Uh, football season is back, and we were saying our wives were groaning already. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And I think anybody who doesn't like football, thats thats this is the worst time of year for them. Sometimes. Yeah. It's it's. If you don't like pumpkin spice and football, you're in really bad shape this time of year, right? Big
1: trouble. Big trouble.
0: The pumpkin spice conversation. And I, I, don't, I don't know about you, Steve, but the pumpkin spice thing, can we at least wait until we have some You know, we're into the 70s for highs. You know, like we're still in the 80s and 90s. Let's not have the pumpkin spice conversation. Let's wait till it's a little cooler, can we? Let's maybe get into October. Exactly. I think that's fair. Hey, pumpkin, right? October. That should be the minimum. We shouldn't have these. I saw somebody post something or a store saying that they had pumpkin spice stuff at the the last week of August. I'm like, come on. That's way too early. I
1: know. I think that's too early.
0: Yeah. It's like the Christmas stuff when they start putting Christmas out, you know, in September. You know, it's like, give me a break. So anyway. it's coming out. I know. I know it's rolling. But anyway, that's a that's a that's a conversation for another day. We'll debate pumpkin spice on another show or something. But for now, let's do these red flags, Steve. So like I said, I'm going to toss out this question or the statement and you tell us if you think it's a red flag, if the folks, you know, know this or don't know this information. So you'll see how it's going to go here in just a second. So I've got five of these. So it'll be pretty quick and easy. First one. Should somebody be able to name all the investments in their portfolio? If they can, is it a red flag? If they can't, is it a red flag?
1: I would say it's a red flag. One of the questions I always ask is, why do you own what you own? And if you can't say why you own it, that is a big red flag. And the reason is, is that, and some people will say to me, well, that's what my advisor told me I needed. Well, why? And usually that's not a problem until we have a market meltdown or we have a correction or we have something happen. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, wait a minute, I didn't know I owned that. So I oh, okay. always make sure and I always ask people, look, why do you own this? And if they say, well, it's because my advisor told me I needed it, why? Mm-hmm. You, know, you you know, kind of when we had our little kids, they, they're great at asking questions. You need to do this. Why? Because I said so. No, why? Right. Why, why, why? <laughs> so you always got to ask the question why do I own what I own? Yeah. And if you yeah. do, and then you can say, I own it because X, great, you know, that's fine. But if you can't answer the, the why, then you, you need to find out. You need okay. to get the answer, why do I own this?
0: Yeah. And I was, I was thinking of it like in this, and that's a great point. I wasn't thinking of it that way. Uh, It was kind of looking at it saying, okay, well, if you only owned a couple of things, then maybe it would be a red flag that you weren't very diversified. Like if you just said, oh yeah, I have, you know, and this is not an endorsement, but oh yeah, I have Tesla and blah, blah, blah. Well then, you know, is, are you really diversified? So I was thinking about it at that angle, but I like your angle as well, because you know, why do you have what you have and what is it doing for you?
1: why do you own an index universal life insurance policy? Gotcha. Yeah. That's well, it. the advisor said I needed it. Why? Yeah. You know, are you looking to turn it into income? Are turning it into replacing, you know, your income when you die? Mm-hmm. It, what, why? What's why it do doing you have this? You? Why yeah. are you spending that kind of money? And if you can't really have a conviction of why you own it, or answer why you own it, then you probably need to review, uh, does it make sense in yeah. your portfolio?
0: That makes sense. I like that. And I love the four-year-old analogy, right, where they where they get that to age and it's like, why? And you give them an answer and they go, well, why? And they just keep going. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I like they, that.
1: We, we adults tend to, to take the, because I said so, yeah. and move
0: on. And roll with it,
1: yeah. Four-year-olds, five-year-olds, they don't understand that. They yeah. just go, why? And they yeah. keep going, why, why, why? And you should always ask that. And as I said, get the answer. And if you're comfortable with it, great. Yeah. Stay with it. Yeah, but you if you're a little concerned about it, then you need to delve deeper into why you own what you own.
0: I got you. Dig a little deeper. All right. Uh, number two, Steve, how often do you meet with your financial advisor? If you don't have an answer or you don't really know, again, is this a red flag? You know, And what is the answer? Like, What's a good answer for this?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to give a big red flag. I might give a yellow flag on this one, not okay. a red flag. Right, we're going to get soccer it, rules in here, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Even though I, uh, soccer is, is that a sport? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a commentary on my point. <laughs> but
0: uh, until, but they all,
1: until they allow fighting in soccer, I'll probably never watch it. It's got to be like hockey. But anyway, that's my that's my opinion. Anyway, I would say more of a yellow flag. Okay. And because I have clients who want to meet with me monthly. I have some who want to meet quarterly. I have some who want to meet. Annually, semi-annually, okay, and I have some who just say, "Call me if there's a problem." Okay. You know, we we we're paying you to do this, and if there's not a problem, then we're we don't really need to meet, do we? Right. And right. so it's kind of a um, a yellow flag. The flag I would throw out there would be that if you call and you don't get any kind of response in a reasonable time. Yeah. So if you call in and you have a question on something and they don't return your call for two or three days. That's a red flag. That means a couple of things. Either one, uh, they don't care, which I don't think that's usually the biggest case. But I think the second thing is they have so many people that they're trying to service, Mm -hmm. they just can't. They just can't get to you.
0: Well, sometimes I think it's on us as the as the client, right, to say, hey, something's come up. I need to talk to you, right? You kind of reach out, right?
1: Right, and you need to um, get back to people. I I I have I kind of have my own process, which is if somebody calls me or sends me an email, I get back to them within a minimum of three hours, if oh, not great. sooner. Yeah,
0: that's fantastic.
1: I just, that's how I've set it up. I do it. I get it done and get back to them. One time I was actually out of town or I was doing something and I, and it, it was like a day later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, when I talked to the client, they were like, oh my God, we thought something would happen to you. Cause you usually get right back to us. <laughs> right. I was like, no, I was traveling. I was in an area where no cell service and so on and so forth. So, so my biggest, my red flag would be if you don't get a call back within a couple of days, two or three, yeah. that usually spells either the advisor doesn't care or they just have too many people that they're trying to service. And the, the other part is, this is my big issue. Some practices get so big. They have so many people that they've brought on that the advisor just cannot talk to everyone. So you end up talking to a, a sales associate or somebody like that. Right, yeah. And the problem with that is that person only is reading a file. They have not met with the client typically, but you know, I I think I'm the one who brought them on as a client. I know everything about them. I should be the one answering their questions. I got and you. that's just kind of how I feel and how I do it because uh, that's kind of how I I talk to people. And they say, yeah, I, we talked to the advisor. you got us signed up. Next thing we know, we never see him or talk to him. We yeah. only talk to his, his or her, uh, associate
0: and they a don't even know it or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I understand how that happens. And that's just part of the way I do my practice. I did, mine is not, uh, trying to get a massive of, of clients. It's to get a, a select number of clients, that well, I can I think
0: that's setting expectations, then, right, Steve? So that all comes down to setting the expectation of of what the client would like to have happen, and, and what the advisor can make happen, right? So, right. if you set those boundaries up early, that's going to help. So, if once a year works for you, great, but just know that hey, I'm here, right? If you need me, right. call me.
1: And that's the big thing I tell them. I said, look, you know, you you decide when you want to meet. We'll send you things. You can do whatever. But if it's once a year, great. You know, whatever's comfortable for you, okay. and. Um, that's the biggest, I think that's the biggest takeaway. As long as as long as they're comfortable with how often you talk to them, I think that's good. But the big thing is if you're not talking to them or you're calling in and they're not responding back to you in a timely fashion, you need to have a conversation with them because there may become a time when you really need to talk to them and it's two or three days. It's, it's very frustrating.
0: No, definitely you definitely got to reset those expectations if that's the case. And then if you're not getting answers, well, that's time for a second opinion and so on and so forth. All right. So let's go to number three here. Uh, account balances. Are they constantly moving up and down? If, if your account balances, Steve, are moving a lot, let me ask this in a different way. Is it a red flag that they're doing that? Or is it more of the red flag that you're not comfortable with that? Because I think, you know, if you look at a graph of the S&P over the last 20 years, you know, it was really kind of a slow curve, but then it got to a point where it kind of looks like a heart monitor, right? It's kind of pinging around from all the uh, volatility. So volatility is probably going to be the norm, and we're probably going to see that for quite a while. And and so is it more the red flag that they're moving or more the red flag that you're not comfortable now with the moving?
1: I think the red flag is you're not comfortable. That means that you have not set your parameters in terms of risk okay, uh, meaning right. how much risk are you willing to take how far are you willing to allow your account to go down before you can't sleep at night right and if you know we can go through and do some uh, calculations on the portfolios based on what's called standard deviation that's just a term to determine uh, a number of how much volatility you have mm-hmm. and we usually give ranges you know you can go your your portfolio has a range of down 20 up 42. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, fine. Well, then when you have this volatility and you're down 10 or 11, you're within your range at right. that point. Yeah. As long as you know your range, the problem that the red flag I think I see with people is when it's going up and down, they don't know what their downside risk could be. Their portfolio is killing it right now. I mean, a blind monkey could make money in this market, <laughs> just be frank, okay? going up goes down a couple of days then it's back up like it is today right and but the issue is what's your downside that's the biggest part of it and if you've got a portfolio that statistically by the numbers could be down 30 40% and you don't know that yeah that's when it becomes a red flag Is like uh oh because you wake up one morning like we did last uh, march when the market was down 30 35% and some people don't pay as much attention they look at their statement. It's like, oh my gosh. Well, I'm it's kind 30, of
0: back 35%. to, it kind of circles back to that first one, right? So, you know, know what you have and why you have it. So right. Know what will,
1: your downside is. Yeah. And, you know, if you're not comfortable with the downside, then th- then you need to know what are ways to try to minimize that downside. Right. Is it yeah. reallocating out of certain things? You know, that's really what you need to, to make certain that you have. And we can statistically say, okay, your downside is X. Are you comfortable with that? Mm-hmm. That's fine Yep. because people are okay with up 30, 40%. Sure. What they're not okay with is down 30, 40% if they're not ready for it.
0: Yeah. And the, the fluctuations are going to be there. So, yeah, you've got to kind of get your mind in the right spot for that. Those things are going to straight.
1: Around. It's The market is not a straight line up. Yeah.
0: And it's not a smooth and, curve. You know, No,
1: there's nothing that's, that's smooth like that. Yeah. And if there is, there's a problem. Yeah. Uh, as we be. found yeah. out a number of years ago. Um, very true. A certain unnamed individual who just died um, had smooth lines, and that's just not how the market works. So, and and that's the other part. I mean, we're we've been going along real well, partially because of all the, the money that government's pumping into the system. At some point, it's going to turn on yeah. us. We don't. I don't yeah. know when. I know it's going to, because it always does. And that's why knowing what your downside is is a big big deal. And yeah, cuz you, you want know, to retire in,
0: you want to retire in both good and bad or be able to retire in both a good or bad market cuz you never know when's going to happen. So
1: Well, think about the people in 2008. Right. Uh, they they're getting ready to retire, they're, they maybe they retired in in May of 2008 and they had their expectation that what they had saved was going to make it through for them. And then we had obviously starting in September of 08 through March of 09 the market was down 40 some percent. Well, if that happens to you, you're not working, your portfolio is down 30, 40 percent, mm-hmm. that will ruin a retirement plan quickly. Oh, yeah. So it's just a matter of knowing what your downside is. If you know what it is and you're comfortable with it, Fine. But if you don't know what it is, that's the big red flag. All right, there we
0: go. That was number three. Let's do number four here. See if we can fit all five of these in. Uh, number four, Steve, how much income will you need to maintain your lifestyle in retirement? If you don't have a clue as to how much you need to fund your lifestyle to keep the lifestyle you want, this has got to be a big red flag.
1: It is a big red flag. One of the things that I see with a lot of people is they they buy into this theory that they'll live off 70% of their income that they had when they were working. Right. That's not in my experience. I've been doing this 25 years and of the people I've worked with, they don't want to decrease their standard of living when they retire.
0: Yeah, who wants to go backwards? Yeah.
1: Who who wants okay, who wants to live on 70% of what they did when they were working when you now can do whatever you want, travel, right. see grandkids, do whatever you want to do and live off 70%? It's I've like, always no, thought I don't this would off.
0: Yeah, I've always thought that you would spend more in retirement, at least the early years, cuz you want to do these things.
1: Well, typically what I see is probably the first 7 to 10 years mm-hmm. cuz I went back and looked at this. About 7 to 10 years, everybody spends about the same amount of money. Mm, okay. I mean, it's it's about the same amount of money they're spending. Then as they get a little bit older, it starts to drop down and they're they're not spending quite as much. You know, once they hit their late 70s, early 80s, you know, health things start to come around, they've kind of done this, done that, and they just don't go as much. So you you start to see that. But boy when they they're first retired, they've been told do it while you're healthy and while you can and they do. Yeah. One of the things that that really will help get rid of this red flag is you know how much money you're spending. You got to know how much you're spending. And then all you got to do is figure out how much you're spending and that's a really easy way. All you got to do is take your last 12 months of bank statements, add up all the debits. That means how much money's going out of your account divide it by 12, and that tells you how much you spend per month. Then once you do that, you've got to then take how much of your income is going to be guaranteed when you retire, social right. security or a pension, and you simply subtract that from what you're spending, and that'll give you a number. And sometimes you got you to gotta come up with $3,000 more a month. And then from that point, you can. there's a real simple calculation of figuring out, do you have enough once you have that number? So it's really figuring out what you're spending now, because you're probably going to spend that when you retire, subtract how much is guaranteed income, and then there's this quick calculation I can do to tell you, yeah, you got enough, you're fine.
0: Okay. There you go. So, I mean, that's a, I think that's a super important. And maybe it's not, you know, not to the minutiae, right? Somebody might be listening and say, well, Steve, I I don't want to know, you know, the exact, you know, dollars and cents, but I think you need to have a good working knowledge. If you need to know you have five grand a month to make it happen, then you need to know that and where it's coming from, right? Versus just arbitrarily saying, oh, I don't know, we're going to make whatever we're going to make off of our investments and that'll be that. So you want to have a decent good working idea, maybe not down to the penny, but certainly a good working idea
1: exactly I mean you don't have to be micro managing that, but if you're taking five thousand a month out of your investments that's sixty thousand a year and you've saved a half a million dollars mm. you''re, you're that, that those numbers are not going to work. I can tell you that right now it's not going to work okay you will be out of money so having an idea of what it is that's you know that you need to know that I mean, gotcha. because then you can make decisions on how, if you have to cut back
0: and do certain right. things, that's when you can, you know, trim and tweak and so on and so forth. Right. So, right. all right. As long as all
1: you right. Have
0: Okay, so let's do the last one here, Steve. Number five on spotting red flags and your finances and your retirement. Uh, And maybe this is an oversimplification. I don't know, but a guy told me years ago, Steve, he said, Are you familiar with the rule of 11? And I was like, No, you know, I'm real familiar with the rule of 72 and so on and so forth. I said, What's the rule of 11? He was probably making it up, but he was like, If you can't explain, you know, your retirement plan to an 11 year old in a way that they can comprehend, it's too complicated. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting to think about it that way. Keeping it simple, right, was the kind of the philosophy. I thought, well, maybe 11 is a bit of an oversimplification, but maybe not. So basically, my, my question to you is, if someone cannot describe or kind of relay their own retirement plan that they have in place, you know, once they've put it together, working with an advisor, or whatever, if they can't talk about it on their own, is that a red flag? Because does that mean they're just not getting it? Or is it too complicated?
1: Oh, I think it's a huge red flag. And it kind of goes back to our first point about knowing what you own. Okay. And I will say that our industry does a really good job of coming up with some really technical statements uh, sure. and jargon that really confuses people. Uh, and people just, if they're not in it, they just don't understand it. Sure. And and some folks just, uh, you know, pride, they're not going to say, I don't know right. what you're talking about. Right. True. What do you mean beta? What is beta? You know what's alpha? What's standard deviation? What's R squared? I mean, 99 percent of the people out there have no idea and a lot of advisors don't even either, by the way <laughs> um, uh, know what any of that is. That's not what people want to know. It, it really boils down to, am I going to be OK? That's the bottom line. Yeah. It, am I going to be OK? And if they understand what they own, and the advisors can say, "Look, we put you in these because of this." you're going to be okay. That's right. all people want to know. Yeah. And as long as they're comfortable with that and they understand what they own and why they own it, then you can explain your retirement plan really quickly. My advisor has me in these because, and that's our plan. It's very simple and I'm, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, so to be the, okay. The,
0: the, the days of the, the giant boilerplate Warren peace size, you know, financial plans, you know, Seem to have gone away, hopefully. And a lot of people are looking for that kind of one sheeter, if you will, where you can kind of break it down to. And, and that's why they hire you, right? I mean, the, you guys are doing the more war and peace kind of back in, you know, all the little fine details. But for us, as the layperson or as the client, it's like, hey, make it simplistic so I can understand it, so my my spouse can understand it, so, you know, that my I, we can relay it to our kids so they can understand it. And that way everybody can just enjoy themselves. And, and if you're one of those people that really wants the like nuts and bolts, that's great. Dive into it with your advisor. But most people don't want to do that. They just want to know, they want to know they can drive the car, not how to take the engine apart and put it back together.
1: Exactly. And and, and we I do just a one-page plan. I mean, it's very simple because I could do a one-page plan. And if you really want to get technical on it, it's gonna be very difficult because there's a lot of moving parts that change throughout the years. Sure. Yeah. So you kind of have to take a snapshot of what it is. Where you are, and it gives you a pretty good idea of if you're on track. And once you have that, then things will happen. I mean, you know, we can calculate inflation. Okay, inflation's now going up. I mean, it's it's really going up. Oh yeah. So we have to calculate that in. But on average, it smooths itself out over time frame. And so the calculations, you can't get real analytical on them because they're going to change. But Man. if you give a ballpark or, a you know, let's say a 20,000 foot view of it on the return, that's all really anybody wants. They just want to see, OK, we're we're within that range. We're good. We can make adjustments. Yeah. Um, and that's what they want to do. But, yeah, the you know, I can do it. I can give you the 30 pages of of information behind it. But it's, you know, next week it'll be different.
0: And most people throw it in the drawer and they don't really read it anyway. So,
1: no, they're not if they wanted that, they wouldn't hire us. They could <laughs> that's do a
0: good themselves. point. Yeah, that's a good okay? point. So. They
1: could do it themselves. And because, I mean, that's the one issue with, with the internet is, or the computer programs that people can go in they can do everything that I do. They can do themselves. I mean, I hate, you know, like a lot of things in break life, everybody right? yeah, break it, everybody they can, Yeah, but people don't want to, you know, everybody can clean their house. I mean, sure. I do, but there are a lot of people who pay somebody to clean their house. Exactly. And it's just because they just want to, don't want to have to mess with
0: that. It's what your what is the value of your time worth to you, especially in retirement. So if you're getting to retirement and you don't want to be dealing with, you know, if you're a DIYer and you've been doing this as you've been accumulating the money and you don't want to deal with all the moving parts that go into the distribution phase, a.k.a. retirement then you know you turn to a retirement professional and they're helping you because what's your time worth? I'd rather be traveling or uh, seeing my grandkids or whatever that's going to look like you know, versus hopping on the computer and seeing what the market's doing and changing this or making a flow to that or making sure that my RMD set or blah, 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 you know, so.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And it kind of goes back to the why. If you understand what you own, why you own it, what is it going to do for you? You can put it on there and then you you let somebody else worry about it. And then you can go do off what you want to do and not have to worry about any of that. And there's nothing worse than having to sit there and and watch your portfolio because you're emotionally tied to it. (laughs) And oh, my gosh, you know, such and such said something or is this going to happen? Is the coronavirus going to kill everybody? Is it going to, you know, is this going to happen? Is that what's that going to do to my portfolio? Well, I better watch CNBC because they're going to tell me what I need to do today and it's like that is the worst thing that you can do. Watching because-
0: numbers all day is bad for you, man. It's definitely bad for you. Well, there was a great there was a line in
1: I hate to bring it up, the movie Wall Street. And it's not the greed is good line. The the <laughs> quote was don't get emotional about stocks. I remember that he says, Don't get emotional. Because once you bring emotion into it, you make bad decisions. Yeah. Think back. Anybody on this podcast can think back when they made a decision based on emotion. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, what happened after you made that decision is bad.
0: It turns out bad. There you
1: go. It always turns out bad. So don't let emotion run you. And that's why you know when I talk to people, I say, look, I, it's not my money. So I didn't save it. I didn't. I didn't earn it. But I have a different perspective. I don't have emotional tied to it. So I, I can tell you what I, you know, recommend, advise yeah. what you need to do with it. I don't have an emotional uh, end to it. And like if somebody worked for General Electric, I mean, I've had clients come in and they work for General Electric for 35 years. They own a significant of their portfolios in GE stock. And GE stock has just been a dog for the last number of years. It, it's really a shame. It was the dividend darling um, for years. And it's just hit hard times. Yeah. But, and people need to diversify out of it. And they just can't do it because they work there, it's there, and they're emotionally tied to it. And again, as long as they understand why, that's fine. Back to the
0: first one. I like that. Yeah. Right.
1: You know, why do I own it? Cause I work there. I love the company. I'm going to write it to the very end. OK. Uh, all right. It's your money. You can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, but that's end- kind of what it's, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the emotional part of it. Yeah.
0: Now, at the end of the day, these, you know, these are some red flags that can pop up. And so I think that's where the value comes into working with somebody that um, that emotional detachment actually can be beneficial because it allows you to get some, that sounding board, it gets it allows you to get some objective conversations about things that maybe you are too obviously emotionally attached to. So that's our podcast, folks. There's some red flags there to think about. How'd you do uh, if they popped up a red flag? Then have a conversation with your advisor. If you don't have an advisor you're working with, make sure you reach out to Steve or talk with someone before you take any action and make any changes. You should always do that when you listen to any show or talk to think about anything, as Steve just pointed out, emotionally based. So get some advice, get some help if you need to reach out to Steve. Well, WealthPartnersKC.com. That's WealthPartnersKC.com. That's the website. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast. Uh, All There we have all the information, Apple, Google, Spotify, so on and so forth. You can find all that there. Just type in the Retirement Pilot in the search box of any of those apps. Or again, just stop by the website. Easiest way to do it at WealthPartnersKC.com. All right, Steve. Thanks for your time as always. I appreciate you. I'm going to let you get out of here as you're going to go donate some blood this week. So have a great, safe, and sane week. And we'll see you next time here on the podcast, folks. Thanks, Mark. Go Chiefs.